Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Blokeology, evidence-based health, fitness and lifestyle for men. My name is Ewan Lawson and this is season 1 of Blokeology. Season 1 is all about running, from getting you started as a complete newbie to exploring new techniques for more advanced runners. Today I'm chatting to Isaac Williams, the editor of Men's Running Magazine. We get a chance to talk about lots of different things. We talk about his initial journey into running and how he's gone on to do some really quite bonkers challenges, including running around a 400 metre track for 24 hours and his experience of getting into ultra marathons. He offers some of his tips and some thoughts around running as well. And I'm sure you'll find that incredibly helpful. You can find the show notes at www.blokeology.io forward slash 008. And you can also sign up for the newsletter, The Journal of Blokeology, at www.blokeology.io forward slash journal. Let's get cracking. Right, so the first thing I wanted to ask you was um, to tell me a little bit about your running experience before you joined Men's Running Magazine. Yeah, uh, virtually non-existent, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So I joined Men's Running uh, just over three years ago. Um, as a fresh-faced graduate, um, and my only real yeah. running experience was was kind of rolling out of bed and trying to get to lectures on time. Um, I remember mm-hmm. my first week at work, uh, I went for a lunchtime run with one of the directors. Um, it was only 5K, but halfway around, I was, I was in a world of pain, um, just about struggled round for fear of being sort of handed my P45. Um, yeah, it must be a bit of a rite of passage, I guess. They've got to take the intern out for a run to see if they know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. But um, yeah, that, that's a kind of long-winded way of saying that I, I, I wasn't a runner at all before I, yeah. before I started at men's running. I think that's great, though. I think in many ways, I think that's almost, it might be the ideal position to be in rather than it becoming a real good, I mean, we'll talk a bit about it later on, but making men's running really accessible and men's running magazine a part of that rather than it being for the, the guys who were great at running in school and loved it actually making it about those who are finding it later in life as well yeah i mean i've i've been through that journey so i know what it's like um i know the the struggle that it is for the first couple of months but i also know the yeah. the joy of of kind of becoming a runner quote unquote um yeah so yeah, I've 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 been on that journey myself, which I think helps. Yeah, and your experience at school, you have, did you have the usual sort of? We've talked about this a few times on the podcast in the past with people. They're the kind of the painful cross country running. I, I did a bit of. I, I remember a few sort of ill fated fifteen hundred meter races at school. But I think you're right. I think running, um, it's seen as almost a punishment at school. <laughs> um, I think that's been addressed in the last few years. But yeah, certainly in in when I was growing up, running at school was it, it wasn't a thing to be enjoyed. No, it's an interesting. I don't know if I, I don't know if it has been addressed or not. Um, I've kind of obviously it's a wee while since um, you clearly were at school a lot more recently than I was sure. by your, your age. But um, I think it's a real problem with schools in that in terms of and boys, they're it's all team sports and they don't get a chance to learn the skills of running and how to do something like that that they're then likely to do for the rest of their lives. Definitely, but I, I'm not sure whether that's that might be slightly because of the mindset aspect of running um to to fully enjoy it you do kind of need to embrace the pain somewhat um <laughs> and i don't know whether at a young age that's just slightly harder to comprehend yeah yeah i think that's right and i kind of i i had to learn to run and to uh, get used to that myself and yeah i know exactly what you mean i kind of that you know that initial discomfort and 
recognition yeah. of that kind of um I, 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 i'm kind of slightly worried about causing a pain because you don't want people to hurt themselves of course out running but there is a definitely an element of this yeah there's definitely an element of significant discomfort at times with running yeah yeah if you blow past it you're good but you've got to get past it yeah especially for those first i'd say the first month when you when you first start running um it's 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 not all it's not always a lot of fun but if you can consistently do three runs a week for even just two weeks um the progress you see will be massive yeah and then and then once you get beyond that initial hump yeah it's 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 not plain sailing but it's a lot easier yeah i think you're right I, absolutely and you, when people use muscles they haven't used before blokes are out there running it's and that's why we've talked about this already about really encouraging guys to go slowly when they first start running because absolutely. the tendency is to go out and blast it but you've desperately you've absolutely got to get out there and do it two three four times a week for two three four weeks until it starts to get a bit more grooved in and I feel a bit more comfortable yeah completely I, I mean my my number one tip is always just go go as slow as you possibly can when you start yeah. um too many people and I was the same hair off um an unsustainable pace yeah. think they're not a runner and then give up um but you really do just have like like just above walking pace um to start off with. Yeah, that's absolutely what we've been saying. I think it's golden advice. And actually, you don't until you've been a runner, you perhaps don't learn that, though. And you think you've just got to tear off. And there's, there's I mean, and certainly a fast walk is just about, It's sometimes it's about the same pace as a fast walk, and that's okay, a bit of a jog. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, completely. Into um, sort of long-distance races, uh, walking is actually, it's kind of a part of the, the running itself. Like if you get into like ultra marathons and things like that, I appreciate that's quite far down the line. But um, the professionals are all walking the hills just because it's it's just as efficient as it is as the running itself. Yeah, you see that in fell races, uh, kind of going up the hills is just you know you're just I and mean, I've certainly noticed it. I do the same run week, you know, kind of several times a week, and I've timed myself umpteen times on it. And I know that I can run all the way to the top of the hill if I make an effort, but it's almost inevitably slower than my times when I walk it. <laughs> The, the running is clearly slower yeah 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 completely um but yeah you've just got to accept that yeah walking is walking is not cheating all the time yeah I, the other thing i think that people need to learn is that and i saw this actually on a site there was a fell race just at the back of my house a few weeks ago and there was a little signpost and it said the first mile lies to you the first, i think it was something like the first mile is lying is a liar and I can't remember the exact quote, but it's a really good bit of advice to remember as well that sometimes you set, and even for those of us who do a bit more now, you set out in the first mile and you don't really know how you're going to feel until you get past that for sort of five, 10 minutes. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that pretty much every run I go on. feel absolutely amazing for the first five minutes. <laughs> think, that you're, think that you're a world beater and then, and then the whole world comes crashing down in the next, in the next 10 yeah i've got i'm I'm slightly the other way around actually often because i've got hills i have to go straight up but the first five or ten minutes are often a punishment from hell and i just want to turn around and go home that's probably a good thing though and, but then i gradually warm up into it and it gets a bit better for me yeah so uh, tell us a bit so one of the things that you've mentioned in your on the on your little bio on men's running is that you've got a penchant for i was a bit worried about saying penchant yeah. it was like french french word for, for running hard races badly <laughs> your, it, that's your that's your tagline it kind of comes with the comes with the job, really. I tend to get um, thrown into. I mean, it's it's not a complaint at all, but asked to go and do these these really tough races. I remember the first one I did was um, I actually pitched it for some reason. I'm not sure what what possessed me, but I said, <laughs> uh, "What if we see how far I can run 
in in a day in 12 hours um and this was uh-huh. about six months after i started so the longest i'd run was uh, a half marathon i think um so I set off on uh, the hottest day of the year coincidentally um just ran along the, the towpath in west london um got about 40 mile 42 miles i think um and then from that point i i yeah became weirdly fond of of kind of pushing my limits over long distances um yeah so i've since i've since run uh three ultra marathons a few marathons and one um kind of ill-fated 24-hour track race which wasn't much fun at all <laughs> no i was going to ask you about they're definitely in the category of slightly bonkers challenges and the, uh, the, the so the, the track one was you were just on a 400 meter track running for 24 hours that's right yeah so it's called um it's called the self-transcendence uh 24-hour race and this was in tooting beck in south london um but yeah <laughs> i mean yeah 24 hours running around a 400 meter track um it's kind of as as mad and as painful as it sounds yeah yeah so um did yeah no, presumably you measured how far you got in that time yeah so i did uh 80 miles um but it's i was amazed by the the type of people who did well in it so there was there was a 80 year old woman i think she was 80 she was she wasn't far off it um she did i think she did about 120 miles just because the whole time she kept up a metronomic pace, didn't stop. I was kind <laughs> of, I was, I was jogging around, stopping, jogging around, stopping. Um, but she just kept going, kept, kept going, like ridiculously slowly, but obviously very effective. Yeah, she was the ultimate hare in tortoise parable. Completely, that- completely. <laughs> I mean, and did you did you self transcend? I suppose is the obvious thing to ask. There were, <laughs> I'd love to say yes, but but. <laughs> but no <laughs> uh it, it was all going swimmingly until until it got dark and then whatever whatever visual distractions there were which were limited to start off with just went obviously and then it's just you and you and your your dark thoughts <laughs> um so yeah. yeah i i i finished and 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 just felt in a world of pain to be honest yeah, I mean, that's an absolutely astonishing. So I, I guess I wouldn't be recommending folk get straight out into that. So you've done some other ultra marathons before you've led into the 24-hour challenge, I guess. Tell, tell us about those. One, yes. Uh, that was uh, Race to the King. So it's along the South Downs Way. Um, uh-huh. And that was, that was brilliant, actually. Um, it was from um, Arundel, I think that's how you pronounce it, to Winchester Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I love that, and that's kind of um, that's kind of what what made me catch like the the long distance bug, um, other than the, the initial sort of twelve hour challenge, um, just because it's in you're running in amazing scenery. Um, these ultra marathons, they're they're essentially just eating and drinking contests because you've yes. got to keep fueled up constantly. Um, and once you once you get over the fact that you're going to be out for for 11 12 hours on the trail um it just becomes a, a, a fun day out yeah i think that's right and you can and if you go slow enough then you can keep going can't you so is that about how, how far is that about sort of is it about 60 miles or is that the 63 miles race to the king that was that was 52 i think okay but i've, I've done race to the stones as well which is the same company threshold sports and that's i think that's 60 wow so um, and so, how many have you done all together now? How many is that in total? Ultra marathons, including the 
the 24 hour thing and the the 12 hour thing i think uh four um actually no five I've, I, I did one in in madeira as well and that was that was maybe the hardest of the lot it wasn't the longest distance but it was only just over a marathon um yeah but it was it was if anyone's ever been to madeira they'll know how how mountainous it is and it was yeah it was, yeah, an ultra marathon up and down mountains isn't much isn't much fun. And uh, I think I was just reading the report for that one this morning, and um, hot as hell as well by the looks of things. And the heat makes such a difference for me anyway when I'm running. Um, yeah, I'm not a warm weather runner. Um, I've never done a ultra marathon, but I ran the um, and the, the just the mountains just make such an impact. I ran the um, uh, Ring of Steel up in Scotland uh, in September, oh, yeah, and it's yeah. only twenty nine k. So I, I applied for the event and fooled myself into thinking this was <laughs> relatively straightforward. And I've, I've actually done quite a lot of climbing and mountaineering up in Scotland and um, over the years. I completely failed to look at the profile of the route before I before I took it up. And I, I was out for like six hours 50 or something like that doing 29K, which was just the insanity. Yeah, you've got to forget about times in that sort of race. Yeah. Uh, it's almost, mountain running is almost a different sport altogether. Um, you've got to be you've got to be excellent at you've got to be an excellent power hiker essentially because because when it when it gets the gradient gets that steep there's there's no chance anyone's running really yeah no exactly unless you're killian yeah yeah exactly you've just got to learn to yeah power through even then i'm not sure he runs on the uphills he's probably still just power walking as you say up there i think so yeah because like we said it's, it's often more efficient yeah yeah but a lot of the the top runners also use poles um which is which is a skill in itself that I'm I'm yet to master. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting. I'm not. I'm kind of. It's one of the things I mean to look up the evidence for for polls to find out if there is any actual evidence for it to make any difference. But because I, I, I mean, I guess one of the things I wonder if it does is it encourages you to walk rather than run. And it's actually almost stops you from running. I think. I think once you've nailed the technique, they do definitely help. But I think a lot of runners um, use them without knowing how to use them properly, and then I think. The, the benefits are, are fairly negligible because um, you've obviously got to use the downward force of the pole in tandem with your with your momentum. Um, so it is, it is quite a skill, I think. Yeah, I've never tried them for running. I used to use them when I was climbing and kind of carrying big rock sacks around. Um, and they were invaluable then as you're about to topple over with some ridiculously sized bergen on yeah right but um, it's a little bit different when you're trying to run with them. So I've kind of shied away, but they're, they're ultra lightweight these days, aren't they? So they're kind of, they're easy just to, you know they, they they're, they're they're incredibly popular you see a lot of them around yes yeah they're, no they're and i think they're becoming increasingly more popular as well um especially as as these sort of ultra distance events um grow in popularity so you've got i mean you've got i, mean, I don't know how old you are but i don't think if you're only three years since graduating not very old at all but you've got you've got many years ahead before you hit your peak ultra marathoning <laughs> well yeah you'd hope so um <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm i'm 25 so hopefully i've still got my prime years ahead of me um but i mean i've i had a quite a big year last year in terms of of races and, and ultra running and stuff so this year I'm, I'm trying to take it a bit easier um i think when you're when you're racing lots and and going for times yeah which you're not so much in ultra running but i did a few marathons as well where i was trying to i was trying to get get set times you can lose set you can lose lose a sense of of, of why you're running in the first place yeah and it becomes it becomes a bit of a slog. So this year I've tried to to just enjoy it. Um, I'm really enjoying just go out going out for long, slow 
plods essentially and just enjoy running for the sake of running i think that's really important and i think one of the things i guess is i was going to you know kind of a ask you about the pitfalls of men's health magazines and men's running magazines is that kind of slightly the, the, the danger that you kind of get driven and lose the joy of what's essentially a kind of a really enjoyable activity yeah that message that you've always got to better yourself and and you can always yeah go one up um you're never quite doing it well enough yeah exactly i think that can be a bit dangerous especially in running when there's you know there's always going to be someone better than you <laughs> i think i think yeah. i think yeah it's important to to constantly remind yourself why you're doing it in the first place and why you started um which which is often just to just to enjoy it that's really good we've talked about that quite a lot on the podcast and i kind of that's the message i think that's coming across really strongly is just holding on to that with running is so valuable yeah completely so the whole men's running thing is really about sort of magazine particularly sort of health fitness lifestyle which is kind of almost my tagline in terms of evidence-based it ticks all that boxes but not I was, uh, it's, it leads us onto that discussion that sometimes the lifestyle, lifestyle aspects in mag, fitness magazines can overwhelm the medical evidence a little bit. There must always be that pressure to come up with something new and slightly different. I've never really felt that men's running magazine does that, but is, is that a deliberate decision or is it just kind of something that's come out of your editorship and the way that you kind of have pushed things or any particular, you know, any particular thoughts on that? Yeah, I can't pretend that's a deliberate decision in itself but i think our ethos is essentially to to make running as fun as possible um so i guess it's just an inevitable byproduct of that um Mm -hmm. we're not we're not trying to yeah we're not trying to push that that sort of egotistical um sort of heavily like male message we just want we just want runners to 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 enjoy running as much as possible um and we have a laugh with our with with our tone of voice and uh, some of the features we do. We yeah, I guess we just want people to 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 like I say, enjoy it as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think you, that comes across really, really well. And uh, it's a particular. I, I guess running magazines perhaps aren't as guilty of it as say like triathlon magazines, where there's a massive focus on gear. And uh, I imagine that the um, advertising there becomes a bigger factor that they can sell. You know, can sell bicycles and. All sorts of. I always got a bit exhausted by a triathlon magazines for that reason. They always felt I never quite had the right. It all became about the kit rather than the experience. And you know, men's running magazine seems to be hanging on to that really well. That it's about the experience and the uh, that that kind of approach. Yeah, but I, I guess that's 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 kind of the beauty of running um, in general. Just the fact that it's so accessible and you don't need you don't need all the latest gear and 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 really expensive kit, despite what what brands might be saying. Um, I always say to beginners, you know, don't don't worry about getting yourself the the shiny new trainers. Your your you thought a thirty pound pair will do. All you need to do is 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 get out there and run. And then once you start improving, you can sure you can you can spend a bit of money. But but when you start out, you really don't need all that stuff. No, again, it is it is super accessible, isn't it? We talked about kit in an earlier episode, and you don't need to. You know, you want to get a pair of shoes that work. They'll last you a long time. You know, the kind of they don't wreck you, destroy you. Yeah, and most most neutral pairs will work fine for just about anybody, won't they? Precisely, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you can always go into more detail after that, but I kind of, I've, you know, I, I think a lot of runners. Once you get into one, n- not many people chop and change their shoes all the time because once you get a pair that suit you, you tend to, or a brand that suit you, you often tend to stick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's easy to overthink your kind of running style and what shoe you need. Um, but like you say, 
in more often than not just a good pair of neutral trainers will will, will suffice so what's your stand on you i think you mentioned an editorial just recently it might have been this month i can't remember if it was this month or a few months ago about running technique uh, and improving that and how how do you you're particularly unflattering about your own style which i suspect isn't nearly as, <laughs> yeah. nearly as bad as you make out um, <laughs> no, believe me it's pretty bad when i get tired <laughs> i think the most important thing is just to just to run the way that you feel comfortable it's easy to sort of blindly follow uh some, someone else's technique if you like but but really you whatever you find comfortable that's yeah. that's your best running style um and as long as you're not getting injured then then that's 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 what's going to work for you um so if you heel strike it doesn't really matter what i would say the most important thing is to to try and land with your your feet underneath your your center of underneath the center of your body because if you imagine your when you land with your feet out in front of you it's kind of like you're applying a break to your forward momentum so if you as long as you try and keep your feet underneath you um all else will kind of will kind of fall into line yeah, that's interesting. I think sometimes you can achieve that a little bit. It's just a little bit about leaning forward as well, isn't it? That's the kind of chi running thing, or come to, you know, pushing, getting your center of gravity forward a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's it. And it's a tiny little adjustment that just actually, when you're feeling really, I've found it does help me that I'm feeling really tired. Actually, I just need to lean forward a little and stop, as you say, stop breaking with your own feet. And actually, you just sort of fall for, let yourself fall forward as you're supposed to, um, rather than actually slowing yourself up. And- Stand, stand as tall as possible as well when you not stand but but stay as tall as possible when you yeah. run. Um, I once got told to imagine there's a helium balloon attached to my head yeah. and it's kind of dragging me up because um, I'm I'm slightly guilty of, of of leaning forward and that and it, it just makes everything a lot harder. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be leaning forward too much. I wouldn't want to suggest that. I certainly yeah stand up. The other thing I have to do that I have to I imagine there's weights on my elbows because my shoulders tend to come up to meet my ears. Yes, yeah, mind me that. <laughs> So when I get bit tied out, so I try to I try to imagine there's little weights on my elbows so I can try and pull my shoulders down because I can end up with quite significant neck discomfort, you know, after an hour or two because I just get so tensed up with it. Yeah, yeah. There's a few there's a few things like that. Imagine there's a there's a rope around your waist so you keeps you sort of upright as well. Um, so essentially, just imagine you're a puppet. I think that's the that's the general take home. Okay. Um, it's nice if you're just running there, you're not having to think about these things. Usually it's a bad sign when I'm getting to that point where I'm having to start thinking about my technique. That's usually a sign that I'm starting yeah, to... that you should stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to get home at that point. Challenging when you're in the middle of a race, of course. It's interesting that you mentioned that you're kind of your, your attitude for racing and the big events is calming down a little because I'm not... I've said before on the podcast, I'm not a big fan of races. I, I do a few, but I, I find they just stress me out so badly that I haven't got a lot from them. Um, and com- compared to just going out for a run that I really love doing, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that actually in the in the next issue we've got a feature on uh, the link between anxiety and specifically sort of pre race nerves and uh, injury. There is supposedly a, a, a link between uh, the amount you worry and the likelihood that you are going to get injured, just because you're 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 more tense, um, your muscles are tighter, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think you can definitely race too much and like i said earlier lose sight of 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 the enjoyment aspect having said that i am a big fan of races especially for for anyone looking to to improve i think they're great because you will never run better than you will in a race um or harder should i say yeah yeah um so they're they're a great test of 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 your progress and where you're at i also really enjoy the the kind of five minute period after a race where 
everyone's been through that kind of shared uh, experience together. Everyone's <laughs> sort of lost all inhibitions. Everyone's chatting. Yeah. Um, everyone's best friends, and then and then it kind of dissipates, and everyone sort of goes their separate ways. But that five minute period after a race is is kind of magical. It is, and it, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because that's the kind of obviously when people shed or shake off that shell that we often put around ourselves and probably behave a little bit more normally than we otherwise would do. Uh, perhaps how we should be all the time. Isaac, I'm going to stop there. That has been absolutely fantastic. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about where we can find a men's running magazine online. And how about yourself? Where can we find you? Yeah, so um, you can pick up, uh, you can actually now pick up individual copies of the magazine from our website, um, which is just mensrunninguk.co.uk. Um, and it's also available in uh, WH Smith and a few Sainsbury's uh, nationwide. I'm on Twitter. That's probably where I'm most active, which is um, at Isaac Williams HQ. And the, the, the men's running Twitter is, is men's running um, UK as well. Thank you very much for listening and a big, massive thank you to Isaac for coming on the show today. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.blokeology.io forward slash 008. Please do leave a review and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or via your preferred podcatcher. Any feedback is very welcome. Feel free to leave comments or send email and all those details are available on the website. You can also get in contact with me via Twitter at Ewan underscore Lawson or at Blokeology Pod. Again, thanks very much. See you next time.